Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back. We've got Vince, the man Husek, here with us today. Good to have you, Vince. Hello, hello. Beard is looking good. Love the hair. Untussle a little bit. Man, that hair you had was so glorious. It was, it was <laughs> that look on your face. It was something. It's uh, I people ask me a lot recently uh, what I'm gonna do with my hair. If I'm gonna be getting a haircut or if I'm trying to grow it out long, it used to basically touch my shoulders, uh, and I'm not sure yet. I haven't had a haircut since uh, it started growing back, and so I'm still kind of in wait and see mode. I'm just glad to have hair again, and it's totally different from what it was. Uh, so it's a weird kind of experience. Yeah, if you if you don't know Vince, if you haven't seen Vince, Vince has the it's it's of course the second best beard in the room, but he has a very nice red beard. And uh, when we first met each other, actually, all the kids thought we were brothers because we had good. You had like a little goatee this, this thing is going all on, true. right? Yeah, yeah, like a little Mr. Tumnus yep, goatee thing was, going it on. It was short and trim. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll all get a picture up on uh, on Instagram. Of uh, the two beers together. Well, Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so, uh, Vince, I've known you for, I don't know, a few years now. Pushing, actually, pushing uh, like eight years, six years, something like it that. Is, it is about five years. So it was the summer of 2013, so we are closing in on our five-year anniversary. Oh, man, it feels like so much longer than it that. It certainly does. It's a, it's a long time. Life, life years ago, it's a long time. But uh, So we were teaching together in Milwaukee, and I think we met each other at kind of that, it was... Everybody says the summer before you go to college is like your last hurrah, but we were in summer before our senior year of college, and that is a, I, in my book, that's the real last hurrah. That's like we were smart enough to be really big fools, <laughs> especially that particular summer. Yes, we indeed. We, yes, we thought indeed. we changed the world. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, you played host for my uh, 21st birthday, too. I don't oh, remember my that. goodness. That and and the after afternoon. party. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a rough night. <laughs> but uh, so since we met, since we met, um, so that summer was pretty wild, and we, uh, we did a lot growing up that summer. I remember sitting in your truck and driving up to uh, Risen Savory where we were teaching and having some real life conversations and yeah. talking about the future. Um, and one of the things we talked about was how fast we thought life was going to come at us and how things were about to start changing. And it definitely didn't change the way we thought it was going to change. Um, but your story just took off from there. So I want to start there. And uh, if you want to start right after that summer and just talk about life, what happened, man? Yeah. What so happened to Vince? My life has been, uh, we, we didn't understand exactly how uh, prophetic that kind of conversation was um, because my life jumped into absolute overdrive after that. I uh, student taught immediately after that summer, finished student teaching, and uh, followed my dream and moved to Duluth, Minnesota. And I spent a semester, the, dream. <laughs> the perfect post-college semester, uh, hanging out with my friends, working a part-time job at a school, 
chasing all of the uh, excitements of young graduated life, uh, <laughs> making some really good decisions and some really poor decisions. Uh, and then I uh, finished up there and had no job prospects in Duluth. And so I packed everything that I owned into that truck that you were mentioning earlier. And I drove to uh, Cedar Campus, which is an intervarsity camp in uh, Cedarville, Michigan. And I, uh, where I had worked for a few summers, and I spent a couple weeks as a sailboat captain and met a fantastic girl who. Uh, six months after meeting her, I was, uh, married right before the end of 2014. So about a year after, uh, there moved to, uh, after that summer came back to Milwaukee and started my job at Veritas high school down on the South side, uh, where I've been since got married. Uh, so started that job, got married, uh, had our first uh, son soon after that um, and was living the dream. I had spent uh, two years teaching. I was getting prepped for my third year of teaching at Veritas. And uh, as football season was getting going and it was time to start prepping my classroom, I started feeling pretty nasty, kind of cold and flu-ish. Uh, and kicked it around for a while and was trying to figure out exactly what was going on and had some weird kind of side symptoms, um, but couldn't really figure it out. All my doctors were telling me I was in perfect health, which seemed strange. <laughs> Something's not right there, yeah. Yeah, something wasn't right. Uh, and at the time, my uh, my lower lip and my chin had gone numb, and so I... Uh, was doing what every you know smart rational person does, and I started digging around on the internet. <laughs> oh yeah, I did everything I could. WebMD. Yeah, <laughs> right. I did everything I could to stay off of WebMD and into uh, the more like scientific journal type of things. Uh, but what I found was that uh, there's a thing called numb chin syndrome, which. Uh, typically comes around. It's a pretty rare thing that most doctors aren't aware of, uh, but typically comes around in people who have had cancer before and are about to relapse. But most of the time, the people are like much older and have battled cancer early in their life and now are in their 70s and their chin goes numb and it's a mm -hmm. sign of a relapse. So check some boxes but not all of them right, right yeah. i'm i'm young i had no history of cancer but it is a little bit of a warning sign and so i went back to my doctor again and we you know rolled through some possibilities and then i said hey listen i'm not a hypochondriac but i need to run this by <laughs> you uh what if yeah. maybe this is uh, something to do with cancer. And so we ran a couple of blood tests and i went home and at nine o'clock that night they called me back and I have one of those awkward conversations where the person on the other side of the phone has something they need to tell you, but they don't really tell you. She, she called up and the lady on the other end said, uh, sir, you need to go to the emergency room. And I, 
you know, I've got a, a wife and a young son and I've got football practice tomorrow. And I said, listen, you got to tell me more than that. And she said, well, when we see white blood cell counts uh, as high as we see right now, generally that means cancer. And so I said, okay, well, that sounds, you know, about right. I, I wasn't saying all this to her, but I was, I was pretty calm about it. And she was like, well, you know, you don't seem very concerned or upset. I was like, well, I, yeah, this isn't a surprise. I wish this was uh, surprising me. Went to the hospital. Long story short, uh, I had uh, leukemia. I have T-cell A-L-L or had uh, leukemia. And so that's kind of the uh, latest and greatest. When During the week that I found that out, I also bought our first home and <laughs> found out that I was having our second son uh, all within about 12 days. So quite the whirlwind. So you, you bought your first house, you found out you were having a second son, and found out you had cancer all in the same week. All in the same week. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what's the prognosis look like when you get... So with that strain of leukemia. Yeah, so it's a really interesting uh, thing. They call T-cell ALL kids cancer because generally uh, it's a cancer that children get. Uh, and so it's a very rare thing for adults to get uh, and has a very high uh, mortality rate because of that, because it is such a rare thing for adults to get. However, uh, in the last few years, they've come up with some really, really good treatment protocols. Uh, and so they jumped in basically as soon as uh, I got to uh, Freighter Hospital, where I've been doing all my treatment, and they started me up within a day. And when I got there, I had a tumor in my chest that was about the size of a softball. Uh, that tumor was gone, basically, in two weeks. And I, uh, at my like four-week check to see what my progress was, uh, I had gone into remission, uh, which was crazy uh, my it was one of these things that just like you're on such a whirlwind and such a roller coaster that you don't even totally understand and appreciate uh just how crazy things are sometimes my oncologist had to say listen you're not you're not excited enough about this like this this doesn't happen and here you are in remission a month later you know what it was it was that beer you drank. <laughs> it was that beer yeah, you drank my, in the hospital room. My beer that Mr. Ungamak <laughs> snuck into the hospital for me, fresh off the Wisco tailgate party. Yeah, that was probably what put me over the edge, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on like a terror watch list or something for walking around that hospital for two hours with a cooler over my shoulder and a big old knife and <laughs> the whole shebang. You brought the whole picnic up the stairs. That's okay. I smoothed it all over once uh, <laughs> once you left, and most of my guests were pretty good to the nurses so they were pretty cool with anybody i've never told in. you this but on my way out the door one of the nurses stopped me and said if you come back you're gonna come back without that <laughs> she pointed at the cooler i said yes ma'am but thanks for letting me do it <laughs> i think i thought that was super cool and super sweet of them i thought that was awesome so yeah yeah they've uh, they've always treated my my friends and family well too while we were there so fantastic place top rate uh i cannot 
tell people enough how good uh, that is. Cancer is not a thing I would wish on anybody, but if you have to go through it, you might as well go through it with the best team that you possibly can, and they're the ones. Yeah, and it's 10 minutes from home, too. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Man, I want to jump into uh, some some, uh, stuff about personal life stuff. Yeah, absolutely. um, One of my favorite stories I've ever heard in the world is the story of you and your wife. Um, First, the way you told the story of how you met your wife and how you knew right away she was the one, and then everything later on. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, so I'd love to hear this story. Absolutely, again. I'll take it from there. Um, so I met my wife, like I said, at a summer camp that we both worked at up in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and uh, we, uh, right from the get-go, I knew that she was kind of an interesting girl, uh, and so we uh, have been talking a little bit and kind of hanging out and being... Uh, a fresh college graduate with a newfound (laughs) career money in my pocket Mm -hmm. uh, and then going to a uh, Christian camp where obviously there are some uh, very strict uh, rules about uh, alcohol use and uh, prohibition and, Prohibition. And, and and all for and all for one hundred percent the right reasons. Let me just say, uh, but uh, that being said, uh, there there got to be a time in my twenty three year old mind that I just had a an unquenchable <laughs> thirst, uh, and I was there with some good friends of mine from college who I was kind of having a reunion with, and so it. Uh, really all kind of snowballed and the 4th of July came around and it was like, all right, well, this is the perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so after the 4th of July fireworks, uh, a friend of mine from Stevens Point that I went to college with, uh, we said, hey, listen, I think tonight's the night that, that we need to uh, get off of campus. We need to go into town find ourselves a little country bar and, and have a beer. Yeah. Uh, and why don't we bring some company with us? And so we rounded up uh, some, some beautiful the local talent, some, some beautiful young ladies. Uh, and I took uh, this young woman who I uh, would eventually uh, become my, my wife. Uh, little did I know at the time. And we all headed into town and we, drank a few beers uh, and enjoyed each other's company and we're hanging out and uh, we had had a, a you know a pretty good time and a pretty good conversation and then it came up in conversation that uh, some of the people that were in our company hadn't uh, hadn't shot in a gun before and so that wasn't a problem because <laughs> as the resident Wisconsinite... Let me help you out. Yes, that's say no more, ma'am. Uh, being the resident Wisconsinite in the bunch, I had my uh, trusty shotgun waiting in the backseat <laughs> of my truck. Uh, and so we headed back to camp to pick up the shotgun. Uh, and when we grabbed the shotgun... Always a good idea to leave the bar and grab your shotgun. <laughs> yes. We, we left the bar. We went to get the shotgun. Uh, and as I was pulling the shotgun out of my uh, backseat of my truck, there was a uh, handle of Fireball whiskey next to it. <laughs> it looks a lot like a, a handle of Captain, uh, but filled with Fireball whiskey. Uh, and so I was like, well, I mean... It's probably a good idea. We might as well take this <laughs> along with just for good measure. Uh, and so we drove down the shore and found ourselves a nice deserted 
uh, beach along the shores of Lake Huron. And we climbed out and we headed out to the beach. And uh, we were in full-on celebration mode. And so we uh, lit up some cigars and we were drinking uh, some whiskey right out of the bottle. And uh, we're getting everything all ready. And we uh, took turns letting everybody learn how to shoot a shotgun out over the water. Uh, steel shot, of course, for all the conservation uh, people out there, uh, myself included. Anyways, we're, we're shooting out over the water. And at a, during a moment there, there was a time where I had uh, a shotgun in my right hand kind of resting on my hip. I had a cigar hanging out of my mouth. Uh, the other hand, I had the fireball whiskey handle, and that arm was wrapped around the waist of uh, this wonderful young woman uh, who I had uh, just kissed. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, this girl is either the dumbest girl on the <laughs> face of the earth or she's so cool that I need to marry her before she gets away. <laughs> and as we've kind of alluded already, uh, yeah. it was it was certainly right. it was certainly the All latter. Right. <laughs> it was certainly the latter. Uh, and so we were engaged uh, a few months later, and we were married before the end of the year. This was the Fourth of July, and we were married December nineteenth. So. so what do you mean by married? Well, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. We're really going deep here. Um, oh, I want to hear it all. Yeah. Well, that's the story doesn't get any less interesting, I suppose. <laughs> um, being a uh, a man of action, I suppose. Always, never, always. Never lacking for uh, a taste for adventure. Uh, I left that camp to head to Milwaukee, and I told her before I left, uh, as soon as you're ready, I'm going to ask you to marry me. And so uh, a few weeks after that, she came to visit me in Milwaukee on her way back to school to start up her final year of college, and we got engaged. And then uh, a couple months later, we uh, were dealing with the, the struggles that many young couples uh, deal with and really uh, fighting the urge to go too far physically. Uh, mm. And we knew that if we didn't uh, really be careful even especially because uh, she was going to school in Kalamazoo Michigan and I was uh, working in Milwaukee and we were only seeing each other for a weekend everything got extra oh, amped up yeah. and super hot and heavy on the weekends that hormones we get would. pumping yeah, it was it was too much for us to handle, and just like the Apostle Paul says, uh, you know, if you're if you're burning, then then get married. Well, that we were burning, we were on fire, and we were gonna be in big trouble if we didn't. And so uh, we were trying to weigh out what to do, uh, and we had planned on getting married uh, the next summer, but. 
it, w- it had become clear to us that that option was no longer tenable. And so uh, I reached out to some uh, former pastors of mine uh, and tried to get in touch with them about like putting together an emergency wedding and they weren't available and to go uh, through the church that uh, we are attending, uh, you have to go through marriage counseling, and we didn't have time for that. It was it was <laughs> about to go down, and so I dug into the state law books and started looking at uh, you know what what needs to happen for two people to get married, and you can either <laughs> you can do one of two things, one of three things really. You can have a, a regular uh, wedding like your average person does. Uh, you can go to the county courthouse and just get it done there. Or in the state of Wisconsin, it is perfectly legal for two people to marry themselves. <laughs> just marry yourselves. And so I told my wife at my fiance at the time, well, here's an idea. What if we just marry ourselves and we don't tell anybody and we can just keep this whole thing a secret and now we get all the benefits with none of the drawbacks we can officially be married and we can do our married thing and be just fine and next summer we can throw a wedding and everyone will be excited and happy and we can even sign some papers and make it look totally legit and no one will be the wiser and so we married ourselves around the corner in the one-bedroom apartment that I had uh, in Milwaukee. We, uh, we held hands around the corner and came out for the first look and read our vows and married ourselves. And that worked perfectly. Uh, we went on a whirlwind tour then. This was December 19th, so we left promptly from there. Uh, and headed off to Michigan and visited her family for Christmas. None of them knowing that we were officially <laughs> married. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Came back to Wisconsin, spent our Christmas with my family. Again, nobody knows. It's gonna be so exciting and like excruciatingly. It, it just was the fun. it was the best worst uh, <laughs> thing to, especially with my parents. Her parents were a little are a little more. Uh, laid back. They don't have the uh, the faith background that my parents do, but my parents are very uh, conservative, and so we were married uh, and sleeping in separate bedrooms at my parents' house because uh, that was they were doing <laughs> the good and right thing that you right, do when absolutely. two people are engaged but aren't married yet. Uh, and so little did they know that was that. Long story short, uh, we are, you know, going through wedding planning and uh, everything is is going well until about uh, about this time, actually, mm-hmm. in uh, the the following year. We made it about a, a month and a half or so before my wife came to me and said, well, we had joked about how all we needed to do was not get pregnant. One job. And no one would know. <laughs> oh, that's right. One one job indeed. And and we succeeded at that job for, if my math is right, about thirty-five minutes uh, of our marriage. 
And then the jig was up, which is a lesson to anyone out there that's, that's looking for an opportunity to try and pull the wool over someone's eyes. Uh, anytime you are, think that you're the puppet master behind the scenes, God generally has other plans, and you're about to be exposed, as the kids like to say. And, and we promptly were, because then we had to come back with our tail between our legs and tell both of our sets of parents and all of our friends, uh, oh, by the way, um, we're having a baby. Uh, which was the news that we always led with because that gets people at least a little bit excited. Uh, and what? then, yeah, and well, of course. And that's the, well, hold on now. I thought you said you were Christians. Well, here's the other news. We got married and we didn't tell you. Uh, and when you lead with the baby news, everything goes a little bit more smoothly. But, uh, and at this point in time, three years removed from that, everyone has, uh, settled down a little bit, but certainly went through some unnecessary <laughs> tension. I feel like there's no good way to break that news. Like, no. so we got married without you knowing and we're pregnant. So you missed it all. Yeah. Oh man. Well, worse yet with my in-laws, we had to do it over Skype. They were on vacation oh, in no. Florida and we uh, called them over on Skype and had to uh, break the news then because my parents had already found out uh, and we didn't want to, to be unfair or let anybody find out through <laughs> not us. Uh, and so we had to break the news cross country over the Internet. Needless to say, uh, some things I probably would have done differently. So I was about to ask that. What, what, what What's the lesson learned here? Did you, oh, would you do goodness. it again? Or if you had another chance, what maybe would you do? Well, I tell you what. I think uh, the best thing that anybody can do is if you're in that situation, uh, we like to think that we are on our own, like it's the two of us against the world. And that makes a good mm. movie script. But it doesn't make a good uh, way to go about your life. And so I think uh, bringing concerns and struggles out into the light and just telling mm. people, hey, here's this conviction that we have. We don't want to have sex before we get married. Uh, and we're going to have sex like in 10 minutes. So we need to get married in eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> and I understand that that's an inconvenience you really did it too <laughs> yeah that was pretty much like that was i mean that was the time frame like we're gonna have sex in 10 minutes and we need to get married in eight minutes and so i'm sorry that it's an inconvenience but like you can come here and be part of it is it's gonna happen and so uh in hindsight yeah i think bringing at least our parents into the process would have been uh, a much healthier thing to do and a good growing experience and an opportunity to be a, a leader as a man uh, that at the time it was just like, well, we can we can hide away and become our own thing. And oh, we don't yeah. need we don't need help. We can just we can white knuckle this and, and we can make it happen. We have a plan. And it just wasn't the best uh, way to go about it. <laughs> Man, that's perfect. Right there. That'll be the end of that first episode. Dude, that's gold. Dude. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes on iTunes, your podcast app, SoundCloud, or Pippa. 
Make sure you're sharing this podcast with friends, family, and people who need to hear the message. And don't be afraid to leave a review. Reviews and ratings will help get this podcast promoted. Special thanks to Ben Hansen for the podcast artwork. You can find me on Instagram at Time to Gird Up or at Coach Ungamach, both of those on Instagram. On Facebook as Charlie Ungamach, that's U N G E M A C H. Or you can email me at coachungamach at gmail.com. Free to send ideas, questions, whatever you think I need to hear. We can make this podcast better together. But most of all, I want you to go out, gird up, and become the man that God has created you to be. We'll see you next time.